Good morning, everybody. Welcome to Living Astrology with Janet Hickox. Grab your cup of coffee or your tea. Let's sit back and, and relax. <laughs> I need to relax. And uh, let's chat about what is happening up in the stars above. <clears throat> For the week ahead, which is looking like a week of extremes and craziness, where I live right now, I'm about to get flooded onto my island, meaning the access point to the island is going to be cut off by water like it was in 2009. Yikes, right? So that time, the water uh, level, the river level rose to 37 feet and it's about to crest at 41. So that definitely looks like it's going to be one of those weeks, right, <laughs> where crazy things are happening. My power has already browned out two times and flickered many times because now we also have high winds. So if I disappear, you'll know why. But know that where I live, I am all safe. I'm higher on a, a higher ground. I just won't be able to leave to go off into town or do anything like that. And I talked to my husband this morning. I said, he was getting ready to leave for work. And I said, I just have a bad feeling about you doing this. I said, take your pajamas <laughs> if you're going to go, because I don't think you'll be able to get back home. And he's like, no, everything's going to be fine. Um, he's now turned around and on his way home because the water is starting to rush the roads and he doesn't have the kind of car that's going to stay on the road. And on either side of our roads out here, on the flats are big deep ditches that uh, are irrigation ditches. So it's the one thing you don't really want to mess with um, driving through um, flooded areas here because there you you don't know how deep that water actually is on the other sides. So crazy day for me. It was actually crazy all weekend with the rain coming down. But I've got to tell you, I feel so much better about it all that it's all happening this way. Not because uh, something changed necessarily, or that I'm getting used to the craziness uh, of, you know, what's going on here. It's that I began watching a series of videos yesterday or the day before, it was probably Saturday, on uh, Gaia TV. I'm telling you guys, if none of you have gotten Gaia TV, all of you need to go get Gaia TV. Uh, I know it's kind of pricey. I think it's going to be $99 for the year for me to have access to it because I want to pay for the whole year because you get a discount, but you can also get it monthly. And there are the best shows ever on that particular channel. And I absolutely adore it. Um, but who I was listening to over the weekend was Greg Braden. And now I got to think of the name of the show. Um, something like Minding mind matters or something like that. And he, even though the series was uh, that I was watching yesterday was from 2017, he really understands the whole idea, the science behind everything that's happening. But he's also a metaphysician. If you guys don't know who Greg Braden is, he's written many books and he's been out here for a very long time, blending science and metaphysics or the spiritual world. And that particular series, was so profound because he put into context for me everything that's happening, right? That everything, there's this sort of cyclical nature of things, which of course I know, right? In, in astrology, we see cycles all the time. We talk about the natural cycles, the cycles of planets that are in return, for example. And I was just sitting here this morning thinking about, well, what was going on in 2009 that would be a cycle that's repeating now in 2021? And of course, that's a Jupiter cycle. So the last time that the island flooded like this, Jupiter would have been in Aquarius. That would have been 12 years ago. A 12-year cycle equals Jupiter. And it may even be a little bit more exaggerated now because of other aspects that are happening, putting Saturn also in Aquarius. So these cycles that I'm used to seeing anyway make sense. So when he starts talking about big cycles, like the economic cycles, like the um, human cycles and the sun cycles, and what was the other one? There was one more, the cycle of conflict, I think. Um, I totally got it and it made so much sense. And here we are at this point in our time where we are at the extreme end of that cycle. So the cycle began 
about 2012-ish, right, with the ending of the Mayan calendar, but also the birthing of a new cycle of time. New, these are 5,000-year cycles of time, so it's not like um, it just happened yesterday, right? <laughs> They're long-term cycles, and they often come in and coincide with extremes, and here we are in this time of extremes. So even though you know, I don't know what other extremes might be expressed. And we've seen a few, right? We've seen quite a few. Um, it gave me a, a, a purpose for and a meaning behind it that I see often in astrology, but that there was somebody that was able to tap into the spiritual cycles that are going on and to make sense of them from a scientific point of view as well. So Welcome to 2021, right? Or to the end of 2021, which by the way, is we're at the apex of that extreme cycle and we're beginning to be able to move out of that extreme cycle. And maybe you guys don't know this, but I've already been, you know, being bombarded with the key words for 2022, one of which was renaissance. Funny thing, I started seeing all different kinds of news um, briefs on my phone the other day about with Renaissance in the titles. And I was like, that is too funny. Like one of them was about um, some paintings from the Renaissance era that were just found. And another one was from business and they were talking about a Renaissance in business. I was like, oh my gosh, I cannot make this stuff up, right? The, it's almost like, you know, the stars, which we always know, like kind of imprint upon us the the energies or the the archetypes of the energies that will be affecting us here on the planet um, are activated, right? And so I get to pick this up. Another very big keyword for 2022. I shouldn't be maybe giving you these secrets of you know this is things that we're going to talk about in the the uh, webinar for the astrology of 2022. But another huge word that he also brought up in these videos is cooperation cooperation amazing right if we could get out of our polarization through cooperation it's so easy right it's so easy to do and so I, I started seeing all of that being like broadcast out there that if we can create a cooperative or become more cooperative in our relationships in business in families in homes in communities in the nations uh, in the globe then we are on our way to building that new earth right or to really cementing that new earth uh into being so an amazing weekend amazing information on that channel i gotta say thank you to londa i gotta say thank you to ursula uh, because they have been the primary like sticks in my side over the last couple of months, getting me to this particular um, pieces of information. And I feel like I feel like I'm just being flooded right now with all of this new stuff. Um, I, I wish I, I mean, I could sit here and probably talk about this all day. Literally all of the new ideas, the new ahas, the new... Um, ways of looking at our astrology that have been dawning on me uh, in myriads of ways over these last couple of weeks. And it was Ursula yesterday in a text to me that said, do you realize that Uranus is sitting on top of your natal Venus? And I went, oh my gosh, yes, I did know that, but I wasn't really thinking about what that might mean. My natal Venus is in the 11th house of tribe, right? Of community, of friends and networking. And so when you put Uranus on top of Venus in that particular area, it opens up new pathways, right? New pathways of bringing us all together. So interesting, right? Just interesting stuff. I'm going to say good morning to people over here. Um, going way back there. Good morning, Pam Zaruba. She says morning solar return day. I'm taking that to mean it's your birthday. So happy birthday. Happy solar return to you. JLo, good morning. Susie Gemini, good morning. And Amy Energy Tarot, good to see you. I bet your tarot cards are speaking to you around these same concepts, Amy. I'd love to hear from you on that. Uh, Susie Gemini says, sending light. Glad you are safe. JLo, happy solar return, Pan. Got it. Good morning, Christine Buckingham. And uh, everybody saying good morning and happy solar return to you, Miss Pam. Uh, that Kathleen Mallory says good morning. Uh, Susie Gemini, love Greg. Love it, love it, love it. Love, I've got all of his books. And what I was missing were the videos, right? And I didn't realize he had done this series. 
and it is an amazing series. And uh, there are three seasons, 2017, 2018, and 2019. I just barely scratched the surface of 2018. I mean, all weekend long when I had the TV on for whatever I was doing, whether I was cooking or I was doing stuff on my computer or I was doing my diamond painting, I had those shows on. The good thing is they're like podcasts, right? You don't have to actually watch except when they're showing graphics, but you can really tune in and listen. And it was an amazing experience. Uh, Susie says, love Regina Meredith. And it was her shows too that I was watching. Um, and Open Minds, I think, is the name of her particular set of interviews. And I love that. Uh, Irene, Gaia is great. Lots of inspiration and knowing indeed, indeed, indeed. Uh, the Wisdom Codes is an awesome book by Greg. Have that one. Amy Energy, I don't know if it's still this way, but when I had Gaia, you could share a link to any show for free and it would be good for 24 hours. Oh! <gasps> I'm going to have to check that out. Now, I've been watching it on my TV through my Amazon Prime account. So I wonder if I can just log into Gaia TV on my laptop and see if I can share links that way. That would be cool. Uh, Susie, community-based living. Yes, economic nature and something else. And uh, Susie oh, uh, says, yes. JLo, oh, so that is what we call those. I got one the other day. Very heavy. Um, uh Susie, yes, I know you're already enrolled in the webinar. I can't believe this. There are only two people right now enrolled in the webinar. What is up? Are you guys just waiting until later? Um, the link is up on my website. It is up on the social media sites, the Living Astrology community page, the Living Astrology um, uh, Facebook page. I do believe, I'm not sure if I've sent it out to Instagram yet. I will send it out via email this week. So get your seat because it's coming, right? It's coming. And we have so much to look forward to, uh, but also some craziness. And those are the things that we want to be aware of, because then when something happens, boom, and we feel slapped down to the ground, we're not as gobsmacked as we might have been had we not been uh, forearmed or forewarned. And so that's about the knowing of what's happening, right? Knowing what's happening and how we are meant to uh, rise to that occasion even if it's the really awesome stuff, right? So we want to know. And if you want to know, go to my website and get your ticket. And uh, I'll just tell you, there's a little surprise for people coming after you, after the webinar, where again, I'm going to offer the ability to get your own personal timeline for 2022 and the calendars for 2022, just for being a, a part of that. So you get a little extra added bonus. Uh, also, just to say this out loud, um, uh, the uh, Energy Almanac is also available right now. So you can also find that on my website. And this year, I actually wrote the shadow energies for the year for TAM uh, in the Energy Almanac. So I'm a, a writer, a participant, a, uh, I don't know, I, I wrote for it. <laughs> and... Don't forget, I also have my own version of what is the human design aspect of the Energy Almanac coming out here very shortly. So lots of great things coming up, right? Peggy Doyle, good morning. Susie Gemini says, Gaia gave me my spiritual awakening in early 2022. You know what I feel like I've just gone through is a spiritual deepening. Like I've always been fairly spiritual. And of course, that all really came into to crystal clarity for me when I turned 40-ish, 41, I think it was, when I had my Uranus opposition and I changed my whole life to even be doing the work that I'm doing. Um, but this feels like it's just deepening and uh, crystallizing something new within me. And it's just amazing to feel that coming on. But then it makes me, because I'm such a sharing person, it makes me want to share all of that wisdom with you. Um, and it makes me want to just like explode outward and, and tell everybody, like, you know, the uh, the guy that uh, the Paul Revere's ride, right? You know, the British are coming, the British are coming, but I want to say, enlightenment's here, enlightenment's here, come and get it. It's here for you. Um, just step outside of your usual self, right? Step outside of your crystallized thought processes, enlighten yourself by embracing something bigger than yourself and all of that. So you might hear, I obviously you can tell I'm overly excited this morning about it. Um, however, 
it takes uh, one step at a time, right? You have to sort of follow the promptings from your soul, which come through in your human design through the different authorities or the different strategies that you have. So if you know what your strategy is, let's say you're a generator or a manifesting generator, your strategy is going to be all about responding to the opportunities that are showing up in the outer world, not necessarily the ideas that come up from within your head. And I can tell you that the whole idea about going to Gaia wasn't something I thought of. I responded to the opportunities that were showing up, Ursula and her sharing the different opportunities that were going on to watch videos there. Londa telling me, oh, yeah, you've got to watch, who was it? Something DeStefano, Matthias DeStefano or D somebody. And uh, me going, whoa, right? So those were all outside of me. If you're a projector, people might be inviting you. If you're a projector right now, I'm inviting you. <laughs> Go to Gaia, Gaia.tv and, you know, explore, see what calls to you there. And by the way, I get nothing for this, right? I, I didn't become some like mad affiliate or, you know, any, no one's paying me to say this. It's just coming from within me and wanting to be able to share that kind of stuff with people. Um, okay, Susie. Or oh, Kathleen, I'm sorry, I have an opportunity to move anywhere that speaks to me. I wonder where in the world it would be. I would say that all of those possibilities are up for you, right? I was thinking of you on, let's see, what day did we meet last week? Monday or Tuesday, we met on Monday. And uh, we were talking about you kind of going around to the area that you live to see, you know, what might be possible. And then that very next morning, all of my weather alarms were going off because there were uh, tornado warnings in Polsbo, in Silverdale, in uh, some other town over there. And I'm like, oh, my God, hopefully Kathleen decided not to go out and go looking for homes over in that area because that was a crazy day. Uh, Natasha, I am grateful we have power this morning. Me too. My power browned out twice. Uh, just before the show, I texted JLo, I texted Ursula and said, if you don't find me there, it's because my power went out, but it seems pretty stable. So right now I'm thankful. I'm grateful that my power is on and that I can share everything with you guys. Um, uh, Susie, indeed. Pauline Solia, good morning. I'm sorry I'm late Friday. Looking forward to Pia and Colin. That's right, Pauline. They will be with me on Friday. So today we're going to talk a lot about the lunar eclipse coming up because that actually happens at midnight 58. Uh, so just barely after uh, midnight on Friday morning for us on the West Coast. For those of you on the East Coast, it'll be 3.58 a.m. And for those of you in Europe or in UTC time zone, it will be 8.58 a.m. So by the time I actually come on air on Friday, it'll be a done deal. But I got to tell you, I feel... Like we have access to the changes that come about or the potential changes that are coming about for a lunar eclipse well before it happens or any eclipse. So a solar eclipse or a lunar eclipse. But considering that the new moon just a week and a half ago had such a close tie to Uranus and that this full moon lunar eclipse is going to have very close ties to Saturn and I mean, literally, I'm going to show you this chart and there are connections everywhere. It's like lighting up that um, I feel like that we already entered into that eclipse window with that new moon. So it's not surprising to me then in that context that some of the things that are coming up and some of the extremes that we're seeing in weather or in expression or in turnarounds, right? Things that we thought were going one direction, but turned around and went a different direction are happening. And that they're happening now before the lunar eclipse, right? So I'm not surprised by that, nor should you. So take a look over, you know, go looking backwards over time to that new moon, which was on November 4th, and see what openings have been presenting themselves to you since then, right? So um, I feel like that is a big opening for all of us to, to really re-examine ourselves to to get a, a read on what potentially is the next steps for you to take. Where do you, what pathways are opening up to pull you out of the dark, to pull you out of fear? We talked about that on Friday, to pull you out of those shadow energies, right? Um, it's not that we want to not look at the shadow energies because we do. We do want to notice them. 
right? I noticed this morning that I was moving a little bit into fear around my husband being out there on the roads and getting caught in town and not being able to get home tonight. And then if the power went out, I'd be stuck here for two to three days, perhaps without him being able to get back to me. And I, I found myself doing that. And I went, okay, I get it. All right. So there's a feeling here that I've attached and it's created a little bit of fear. What am I going to do with that? Right. I could focus on the fear. And in a lot of us, this is what we do. We end up focusing on what we don't want to have happen. So instead, I turned that around in my own mind and I, I acknowledged the fear. I acknowledge that I'm worried, right? That there's a part of me that's worried about this and the situation. And I acknowledged it. I loved that as a part of who I am. But then I chose to choose or I chose to move my thinking into a different area. And literally, you guys, and I'm not making this up, a few seconds later, I get a text from my husband going, I think I need to rethink this day. I think I need to turn around. The water is across this one road and I can't get through this road and it's moving ever closer. So he turned around. Now he's not back home yet. I could be a little bit worried about that, but knowing my husband, he's out there helping sandbag or he's out there helping doing, you know, barricades, things like that. So I'm not terribly worried, but this is the power that we all have in this window. This is the power that we all have and have had and going forth will continue to have to choose what it is that we're going to focus our thoughts on. What are we going to focus our thinking processes to? And if we're going to worry about something, then we're, in, we're focusing in on the fear, right? So let, let me just say that we can all make a change here and to focus, we, we can validate the fear, right? I see it. It's there. It's natural to be a little fearful. Uh, what if the power goes off? you know, what if that worst happens and the power goes off and the island floods and I'm stuck here by myself, right? But focusing on that is almost energizing it to me. So I choose to focus somewhere else. And what's the worst that can happen? I'm stuck here for a couple of days, but I'm warm, I'm dry. The island itself isn't flooding. I just can't get off the island. Wow. Okay. So we can change it around. It can, same thing can happen in your health right? The same thing can happen in your finances. Same thing can happen in any part of your life that you are having an issue or where you are challenged right now. Your tendency is to want to focus on the, the problem, not on the potential solutions or on the high side of it. But we have to recognize the fear or it will keep niggling at us, keep undermining us, you know, keep undermining and until it wears away and creates havoc for us. So, Keep it up, guys. Keep it up. Um, JLo started an analytical journey to astrology and human design gene keys and hexagrams with some of the I Ching. I love it. Uh, at JLo says, thank you. What is the group? What else is going on here? I'm on your website, Living Astrology, right now. Can't seem to find where to sign up for the webinar. Go down, scroll down. You'll see where it says Astrology of 2022 webinar. And uh, you'll be able to click on the link there. Even the picture, I believe, has is a link and will take you to it. Kathleen says, yes, we did have a tornado warning, got canceled, but then the power went out briefly. Aye, aye, aye. Uh, JLo sent it to you on Facebook Messenger, Kathleen. Okay, that's good. Um, it's under the title about, oh, did it get connected to the wrong page? I'll check that out later, assuming I still have power. Um, anyway, so let's take a look then at some of the astrological signatures for the week because it's the week energies that are the week's energies that are leading us up to the lunar eclipse on Friday and then following even that lunar eclipse. And oh, by the way, eclipses have power based on how long the eclipse lasts. So if an eclipse is lasting for about three hours, let's say, then we know that we're probably going to have about three to six months of impact from that lunar eclipse in our astrology. It's like it highlights, for example, a um, uh, or lights up a degree in our chart, and it keeps getting emphasized for us in some way, shape or form. So whatever you're looking at that's going on for you in this week, and on Friday and a little bit beyond Friday, you're going to see themes erupt around that periodically over the next period of time. And this particular lunar eclipse happens to be the longest eclipse of the century. Take that in, right? The century's only 21 years into it. <laughs> 
And this one that we're living through is going to be the longest one of the century, which means that its impact is taking us well, well into the future, well into maybe nine months worth of energy into 2022. I'm not even sure it gets tempered by the next series of eclipses when we get to um, April and May. So be aware of that, that things that you're doing now have lasting impact, right? Will have lasting impact. So choices that you make are even more important now to be aligned with your authentic self, with what's really true for you. All right. Uh, yeah, I'm sorry, Pauline, but you know, with my son's death, I could not keep up with the Academy, the membership, and I couldn't in all good conscience, keep charging people um, to be in the membership without my being able to put out content. And I just knew that intrinsically that was out of integrity. So I apologize that it's not there. But after the beginning of the year, I will refocus my energies likely in that direction or something. We'll see what happens there. Um, but if you are a member of the Academy, all of that information is still there. I did not take it down. And you still have access to it. It's just not being updated right now. But that's why I'm updating you with the morning show. That's why I'm updating you with webinars uh, or with this upcoming webinar. And um, yeah, so different direction, different timing. And hopefully I can reestablish that sometime in the near future. Uh, anyway, okay. So um, yeah, and I'm sad about that too. But yeah, it was integrity. It was about integrity. So when we look at the week ahead, we start out the week today with the moon in Aries. And Aries is a sign that is ruled by Mars. So we know already without too much thinking about it, that there's a lot of energy here. There's a, a dynamic that is available and it's action oriented. It's confrontational. It may even bring up conflicts within us, but also with other people because Mars is engaged. And then if we look at the human design aspect of the moon today, the moon today is taking us into the gate 21. These are on the will center or the ego center or also called the heart center. So it's a little, if it's defined, which if it is, you are in the minority, it will be red. It sits right next to the white diamond or the yellow diamond. And it is called the center of the will or ego, but it is also called a heart center. And what it, that energy is about is about allocating and managing our resources. So our time, our energy, our money, our human um, um, resources, right? So the people that are around us and that kind of thing. And um, the will center is very powerful because in most of the people on the planet, seven eighths of you have it open. So you are often finding yourself in a position of competing with others, even if it's an unspoken competition or trying to control things or prove yourself worthy. Um, and some of you who have it defined may even be sometimes plagued with the um, imposter syndrome that keeps us from really listening to our heart. So this is a very powerful center. And so today the moon is moving through the gate 21, the gate of control. But in a higher aspect, if we look at that gate through quantum human design, for example, and quantum human design is through Karen Curry Parker. Um, in quantum human design, we call it the gate of self-regulation. That is another big word I see for 2022. That sort of is a continuation of 2020 and 2021 in that what we are all learning about is how to regulate our own self, right? Our own will, our own uh, minds, our own hearts. And uh, so that's a part of today's experience. And then after that gate, we go to the 51, which is the gate of shock which is the gate of awakening through some form of shock, not always a negative thing, right? It could be the awesome experience of winning the lottery or getting what you've always wanted or something opening up for you that you never thought would open up for you. Um, so shock, and that is also called awakening. So those are the two gates for the day today. And that's sort of setting the tone for where we're headed for the week. 
Now in Aries, we have new beginning energy. So it is like a mini new moon time, right? Where we have the potential for initiating something new, being, uh, initiating being a new you or initiating doing something new. It also rules the physical world. So the earth beneath our feet, but the physical body's connection to the earth beneath our feet. And as such, it rules our instincts, our instincts, our intuition, right? So if we're listening to the body, the body becomes a very adept um, antenna to what it is we need to do or where it is we need to be or who we need to be with or what we need to be doing. Um, or who we need to be in that moment. So we've got that triggered or pumped up of it today. It is a gate that we, or I mean, a, a sign as we came through yesterday, the gate of innocence, right? Or the gate 25, universal love in its highest expression, innocence in its gift, constriction in its lowest expression. And we moved through that yesterday. But then as we move through innocence, sometimes in our innocence, we act impulsively. So we have to rein that in a bit today, right? We don't, sometimes impulse is a good thing and other times it is definitely not. And given that the gate 51 is activated later in the day, we do not want to take impulsivity and it let, lead us into danger or into blowing up our lives or blowing up our relationships, right? So we want to modulate that sort of energy throughout this day. The energy of the moon in Aries takes us into every word just about that can follow the word self, right? So self-discovery, self-reliance, self-sufficiency, self-direction, self-discovery. Did I already say that one? Uh, self, self, and self, right? More and more of the self. Because Aries, as the first sign of the zodiac, says, I am. Fill in the blank, right? I am. So what I am is... Uh, on a mission for self-discovery or self-love or self-direction or self, you, you fill in the blank, right? And then independence is another hallmark energy here. And that, that energy of independence is huge right now as well, because Chiron is running through Aries, right? Chiron. And Chiron is the wounded healer. So at some point, then the moon is conjunct Chiron. And as the moon conjuncts Chiron, it brings up the emotional energy around the wounds that we're carrying about the collective wound right now of where we are not self-sufficient, where we're always looking outside of us for that support instead of pulling it up from within inside of us. So we have the energy of independence being triggered, and that brings up courage and bravery and boldness and leadership qualities, right? So we have the moon bringing us into the, I would say, the courage to step forward and be different, to be somewhat new in our approach to the world, right? You know that in that definition of an insanity or insanity where it's trying to solve the same problems over and over, doing it the same way or solving new, trying to solve a new problem in the same way you've always done it. And, you know, you keep running up against the hitting the head on the brick wall. And with Pluto sitting at the gate 61 in the head center, that in the shadow is psychosis. So we're, we're having to move beyond those old shadowy energies of psychosis, of shock, of uh, fear and instinct that keeps leading us to do things the same way. And then it blows up again. And we're like, oh my gosh, I've seen this pattern. Why am I not breaking this pattern? Right? So we have a pattern breaking energy today and into tomorrow as well. The moon doesn't change out of Aries until, uh, let's see, moves into Taurus tomorrow evening, my time at 618 PM, which means nine. So the whole of the day, basically tomorrow, we're going to be in the void of the moon. So the moon will be sort of wandering around, not necessarily making new connections. So if there's a day for new beginnings, it's today. Tomorrow, the moon is wandering for most of the day. Um, but I want to see what the gate is the moon is in tomorrow. Tomorrow, the gates, am I in November? Yes, we are. Okay, so 16th, gate 42, and the gate three. So even though I think there's likely going to be some, some possibility of even completing some things as we move into tomorrow's energy. Maybe tomorrow's energy, today's energy is we see something new we want to take our steps on, 
And then tomorrow's energy helps us to bat clean up, right? To, to close out what we need to close out in order to make the space to do what comes, what we wanted to do, what occurred to us today. And then also tomorrow, gate three. Gate three sits on the sacral center. It is the gate for innovation. And it brings us this impulse sort of energy of something new, something innovative, something unique. So we have a lot of really good possibilities coming in before the moon actually moves into Taurus. Now, the moon will be in Taurus for the eclipse. So that tells you now, uh, as we enter into tomorrow's uh, later in the day, tomorrow evening, and let's think about it as Wednesday, because Wednesday's when the void will break. And we will be in the, the prep phase for that full moon lunar eclipse. And this eclipse is happening at the 27th degree of uh, Taurus. So if you have your astrology chart, look and see where that is. That's where the moon will be. The sun will be at 27 degrees of Scorpio. So it's going to be forming an axis, an opposition, right? Where we're seeing two different things potentially there. Now, this is technically speaking a partial lunar eclipse. Um, partial is a funny word here because pretty much 96 or 97 percent of the of the of the moon will be shadowed by the Earth passing between it. It will not be visible here in the U.S. It'll be visible from um, in uh, Africa's uh, most of the African continent, partly uh, Central Europe and or Central Asia. Uh, not visible here for us, but just it doesn't have to be visible in order for it to be effectual. So don't think that you're going to be left out because you won't be left out. Now, um, let's look, before I go and show you the chart of the lunar eclipse and talk more about that, let's look at what's happening in between today and the eclipse, because it's also going to trigger some extremes uh, in some sort of ways, because some of the, the, the planets that are dancing together, their relationships together, uh, are a little bit tricky as we move into further into the week. Today, we actually have the sun in a square to Jupiter. So the sun is the, the light of our universe, right? It's the light of our solar system. And it shines a light on who we are. And it gives our life meaning and direction, right? How it is that we're meant to be, who it is that we're meant to be in the world. And then when you put it in a square to Jupiter, Jupiter is expansive in nature, right? It's big, it's large and in charge. The two of them together, did you know by some standards, scientists call Jupiter a failed sun? And that means that we could have been a binary system here where Jupiter would have been in some shape a star, and we would have had the sun as a star and Jupiter as a star. So don't underestimate the power of Jupiter and the sun when they come together in any way, shape or form in any relationship to create a pathway of change or to, to make that aha moment happen. It's not necessarily surprises like Uranus can bring. But it can be certainly the, oh my gosh, all this stuff that's coming up, what do I do with it all? So there can be a lot coming in, a lot of awareness, a lot of opportunities, a lot of people, a lot of things to do. It can feel very busy. So you've got to distill things down to the most important things for you. So that's today. Tomorrow, of course, the moon going into the void from 7.51 a.m. West Coast time until 6.18 p.m. Uh, West Coast time. So literally all day long, right? Don't expect any big ahas tomorrow or any big things to happen tomorrow. If you're on the East Coast, that'll be 10.51 a.m. until 9.18 p.m. And uh, I'm sorry, my brain won't work fast enough to tell you what that's going to be over there on uh, the European side. It uh, looks like that would be something like about 5 p.m. until... So you, are, you all in Europe actually have the day without the void, but then it, the void comes uh, you know, a little bit later for you or your day will happen a little bit later. But the sun tomorrow will also be in a sextile to Pluto. That, that word sextile is a 60 degree relationship between the two planets here, between the sun and between um, the planet Pluto. And Pluto's a transformer. He takes us into the dark, right? He can generate for us that dark night of the soul. And in a relationship with the sun, the brightest light in our solar system shining into the darkest place in our solar system. Recipe four, 
wow awakening for uh being able to see maybe in from in the past what fears or what uh things have been holding you back or what things need to transform in order for you to become uh in the receiving of your own personal renaissance uh for 2022 and as time goes on um wednesday we have the new human design week so this will be the sun and earth at the gates they will be in during the eclipse they are moving into gates of prosperity and abundance the gate 14 is where the sun will be in gene keys it is bounty bountifulness bounteousness and think about that bounteousness what does that evoke for you right the that all is possible, that everything I need is right here, that I'm not going without, I'm not suffering through anything, right? I have it, bounteousness. It sits on the sacral and it can see us take the bounty being in the things that we do to earn income, but it can also be bounty coming in from the work that we've already done. The earth will be at the gate eight. Here's where the dilemma comes in, because some of us might be having to work doing the things that we don't necessarily like to do, or we may not know what it is that we really want. So this week's uh, human design transition is going to give us opportunity to really look at how we want to contribute to the world. And no, not all of us have to contribute in Greg Braden big kind of ways or in, uh, you know, Regina Meredith kind of ways or you think of Oprah kind of ways. Every little, every person on the planet has their personal genius. We've been working through that this week, right? Or this is where we are right this minute. And that needs to get shared with the world or with, in, in whichever way. Maybe you're just here to send out, you know, uh, pulses of new ideas. Maybe you're here to enlighten your family. Maybe you're here to work with the community level and to be involved at community. Some of you are, are here to impact the collective. In whatever way that you're here on the planet to impact the world, whether it's small or whether it's large, it doesn't matter. We need it. <laughs> we need it. And you need it, right? You need to be able to, to, to share that. And that's the week that's coming up. But that same time, Mars is going to be in an opposition to Uranus. And that can be some high drama and trauma and part of that shocking things that the shocking energies that we can get sometimes when Uranus is involved with other planets, especially Mars, right? Where there's a conflict or some kind of confrontation, something that we personally must face a personal challenge, a personal fear so that we can get from point A to point B so that we can build a bridge between the fear and the expression of what we really love. So we have, Londa, no more drama. She's done with drama. We are, we need to be done with drama, but we have drama sometimes as a way to show us an awakening and to show us like, where are we immersed in something that doesn't feel good to us, right? Am I in the right tribe? Am I aligned with the right people? If every day is a trauma or a drama, then I might be either I'm the common denominator there, right? So I have to really pull it in and I have to look at me. Am I the one that's creating the drama? Or is this group out of alignment with me and the drama is happening to show me, to align me, to calibrate me to a different group or to my own path forward, whatever that might be. So um, yes, Susie, I will get to Neptune. Um, let me finish up this week here. So Thursday, Mercury trines Neptune. I love it when Mercury trines Neptune because it's like we become these intuitive beings. Like suddenly, no matter who you are, no matter how many times you try to block your instinct and your intuition, it's coming in. Venus is trying Uranus that day. We might have some really insight, bright insights into our relationships. And because the moon then is fully in Taurus, we will start that preparation for the eclipse on Friday. The lunar eclipse occurs, as I said, at 58 minutes after the hour, after midnight on the on Friday. And we'll, we're going to talk more about that in a minute. On Saturday, Mercury then moves into a square with Jupiter. So now we have to check, um, make sure we're, our thoughts aren't running away with us. Our fears aren't running away with us. Even our exuberance isn't running away from us or with us, right? That we were making good decisions, <laughs> that we're not, you know, 
all over the place or so excited that we overboard everything. We commit to too many things. We promise things that we can't keep, uh, that kind of thing. And then on Sunday, the moon, excuse me, not the moon, the sun moves into Sagittarius, fire energy. So we enter into uh, what becomes the prelude to the, the holiday season, right? To the, if you're in the Northern hemisphere, we're now leading into the final days of fall and heading toward that winter solstice. If you're in the uh, Southern hemisphere, you are now leading out of spring and into summer. So we have a big change coming in the energies as we get to Sunday. And that happens at 6.34 p.m. West Coast time, so later in the evening for most of you, which means Monday for most of us, we wake up and we are in the energy of the sun in Sagittarius. Some of the deep doo-doo that we've been <laughs> wading through might be over. And now with Jupiter's rulership of Sagittarius, we have the opportunity to look at how do we want to grow now? How do we take and uh, become more optimistic about what's happening? So good stuff, right? Um, God, Londa, I hope not. I, I know she's packing up her office. If you need some books, come get them. Praying that flooding doesn't affect me. So to let you know, Londa lives out on the flats, you know, where the very water that's probably going to knock me out of being able to get off the island is going to encroach upon her actual house. So let's pray that there's a, you know, light all around Londa's house that protects her from being inundated by water at that point. So thinking about you, Londa. Um, Julie Kiss, I love your name. Now, Ju Susie, what is it you want to ask about Neptune? And, uh, uh, at, you know, type that into the, um, the search or into the chat so I can deal with that. In the meantime, let me pull up the chart for... Let's see if it'll let me do this. Oh, it does. Ha. Ah, different from Zoom. Um, in Zoom, I can't minimize my screen. Now I'm going to share uh, sending light. Let's all let's just do that. Let's just do this as a community right now. And not that I want floodwaters to go to other people's homes, but let's just visualize this home that Londa has and her office, which is not connected to the home exactly. Let's just rec let's just see her whole property surrounded by almost like a, a light beam of energy that just keeps the water flowing around her and not through her. So in your mind's eye, it doesn't even matter if you don't know what her house looks like. Just imagine the house, her property, um, anything that would be affected negatively by an inundation of water and just see it being able to flow around toward the river or toward the outlet toward the bay so that she is in safety and her family that lives there with her in safety. All right. So we can do this, right? We can do this. Uh, I love it. So I'm waiting for Susie to tell me what the question is about um, Neptune, because once I share my screen, I can't see the chat that's going on. Um, hoping I become an island. There you go. Londa Island. Londa Island. I like it. We'll just call it Londa Island. Um, and, you know, mostly I think people out there on the flats have had to build their houses up. I think there's an eight foot uh, limit that they have to have their, their house above uh, flood stage. So most people's homes should be okay. I, I'm assuming there are some older construction out there that isn't going to be within that limit. Um, but hopefully everybody's going to be safe. And, uh, all right, Susie, tell me, is it, it is okay. Does it have a big influence with this eclipse? Okay. That's a great question. So let's take a look, shall we? I'm going to, oops, I can't do that that way. <laughs> I'm going to share my screen this way. And it's a window. It's a tab. It is. No, that's not it. It's a window. Is it a screen? Okay, I'm going to share my entire screen, but then I'm going to move over here to, I'm going to stop sharing. Maybe I didn't open it right. All right, now I'm going to share. That's what happened. I just didn't get it all the way there. All right, so I'm going to make this just a titch bigger so we can see um, the chart 
And I drew a bunch of these lines in here this morning uh, to help us understand what the aspects are that are happening. So first, the dynamic. A full moon is always a time when the moon and the sun come into an opposition. Here is the moon. If you can see my cursor going around in a circle and you can see the proximity of the moon to the no north node. And it is the moon's connection or proximity to the node that drives the eclipse season. So the closer a moon is to a node, the more powerful the eclipse is, right? And in the same thing happens with the sun. If it's going to be a solar eclipse, here's the sun on the other side. If it's a solar eclipse, then the, north, the south node or the north node is going to be closest to where the sun is. So this one happens to be that the north node, our destiny, our trajectory of where we're headed, comes with the moon and our ability to become more emotionally intellectual or emotionally intelligent right? Using our emotions appropriately. And so you see the opposition here, this yellow line is the opposition between the sun and the moon. So, and the eclipse, you could say, because the node, the north node is within four degrees of the moon, the south node within four degrees of the sun. I want you to note that this is the first out of sign eclipse that kind of portends that the eclipse is moving forward into the signs of uh, out of Gemini, Sagittarius and into Taurus and Scorpio. We talked a bit about that. So we'll have one more Sagittarius um, eclipse that comes on December 4th. And then we will have eclipses again across Taurus and Scorpio. So we're seeing a shift in the focus of our eclipse patterns. So where the eclipse patterns across Gemini and Sagittarius have been really having us look at possibilities in our minds and ideas and um, letting go of old beliefs, anything where we'd become encrusted, looking for freedom. And, and you know, you, we heard the word freedom a lot during the last 18 months or so. And now moving into Taurus, where uh, uh, Taurus and Scorpio, where we have the energies of becoming more financially aware, aware of our values and living from our values. Um, that is going to be a key, key thing also as we move into 2022 and beyond is aligning, constantly re-aligning um, ourselves to live from our values and our principles instead of what is happening. And that's easy to do, I think, easier for us to do as an individual, but collectively we're also moving into that as evidenced by the um, eclipses happening across this axis. Now, this yellow line here leads over here to Jupiter and the sun also in a square. This is a square energy. And we can see that it's 30, 60, 90 degrees and 90 degrees to uh, Jupiter here. It is not exact. Jupiter's at 24 degrees, the eclipse at 27. So we still have the potential for us to look how we can emerge out of our boxes and live a different reality right? So Jupiter showing us, kind of leaning us into how it is that we can live an alternate reality, right? An alternate, there's, that's, I, I, I'm going to have to unpack that in a whole show in and of itself one day, because we're the ones creating the reality we're in. So if we don't like what we see, then we can turn our focus onto what we want or what we desire or how we want to see the world be or how our lives to be. Jupiter's pushing us in that direction, right? To lean outside of the box. Aquarius, right? Setting ourselves up for a new future. One with more optimism, perhaps, than what we've seen in the past. Now, when we look at um, this, there's something else interesting going on here in that the moon in Taurus is in an inconjunct to the galactic center. When I, here's where cooperation energy becomes the challenge. We're being challenged to rise to the occasion of aligning our emotions with the highest potential streaming into the earth from the galactic center. Not just the earth, by the way, the whole of our solar system from the galactic center. So this is from, this is from God energy, right? This is the God point or God source energy. If you don't like the word God, put in source or universal energy streaming into us. But what we are being forced to do in this eclipse is a realignment. Remember, an inconjunct or a quincunx forces us to sacrifice or adjust our energy. So what are we needing to adjust? 
our emotions, right? Our emotions, rather than being in the energy of that reaction that we've always been in, right? We react to whatever it is that shows up. We are learning to respond. And sometimes responding, it means not responding, right? That there isn't anything that we must do in response to somebody or to something that's happening. So response is very key. Then we also see the sun in a semi-sextile. That is, again, another relationship word that speaks to the need for cooperation. So we have a connection here with the moon and the sun to the galactic center that says we have new potential streaming in, but we must make the change. We must adjust to be able to utilize that energy, to let that energy in. We might have to give up some sacred cows. We might have to give up some of our instaunched uh, belief systems. We might have to open up our hearts in a bigger way, right? So lots of stuff there. It's potentially huge, um, but at this moment, it looks to be a little bit of a challenge. Then the red lines I drew here are the activation points, things that are activating besides the eclipse, but kind of behind the scenes um, is Mars uh, at 13 degrees of Scorpio in an opposition to Uranus at 12-12 of Taurus. So he is forming an axis here that brings up conflict around likely banking, the economy, again, our values, the work that we do, what are we aligned with what we love and Mars as a catalyzer, right? He catalyzes change. He catalyzes opportunities. Uh, he catalyzes movement, giving us the opportunity to awaken and to change the way that we've been. But it's also going to be a struggle because an opposition always is. Uranus pulling us into the new, right? Pulling us into, uh, pulling us out of the rut that we've been dug into through our economic realities over the last uh, 20 to, well, century, let's say. And then Mars showing us that there's a new path forward. Um, but it also is going to take some work, right? This is Scorpio energy. It has to be our aligning with passion, what we are passionate about, what we really desire, and being able then to apply our focus to that, to stay out of passive aggression, to stay out of reactionary energy, but stay in the flow of focusing on what it is that we want. But we also have a challenge being thrown up from Mars to the Black Moon Lilith. She's this little piece right here. And in Gemini, she is challenging us all to look at where it is in our charts or in our lives where we are people pleasing, where we are saying and doing things that make other people happy instead of making ourselves happy. Now, you also have your own personal Black Moon Lilith that might be completely different as a shadow energy in your, in your life. But collectively right now, we're looking at all the things that we say or do that are designed to make other people happy or to just placate and make, you know, make it nice. Um, but without ever going into the, why am I doing that? You know, why am I giving away my farm instead of, you know, strengthening my farm and then from that strength, helping others to strengthen theirs. So a big, big, you know, kind of conversation going on there between Mars and the Black Moon Lilith. And then we also have Uranus at 12 degrees in a uh, an, uh, in conjunct to Venus. So 30, 60, 90, excuse me, a trine. So a smooth flow of energy um, that is affecting our relationships positively. But this is even bigger than what we at first glance, because Venus is in Capricorn and she's in the zone of her retrograde, right? This is a part of the retrograde zone and that uh, she doesn't actually retrograde until the 28th of December, but she's in that zone that it will be affected or impacted by that long-term transit that she has. So again, we have to look at our integrity, our relationships, our values, our money, plugging the holes, the leaks, right? If you will, uh, I, I would expect that we're going to hear in the next month after this, a lot of news around inflation, around down, paying down debt or um, budgets and all of that kind of thing. And night, likely we're going to be dealing with some challenging energies around that for a while, not to go into fear around it, but, you know, Capricorn energy gives us the ability to have a plan, a goal, and to work the plan to rebuild. Um, so 
it might mean that we have to let go of greed and some of the financial models of the economy that we have built thus far. Um, and again, this is not necessarily crashing and burning all in one day. I'm not looking at a, you know, black, um, not Black Friday. What was that called? Maybe it was Black Friday in October where the stock market crashed. Uh, it, we're not looking at depression level. Um, but we are looking at what is that impact and how can we work with that, not in the same way that we've always done it in some place, in some way new. Now, when we look at Neptune, to answer Susie's question, Neptune is over here in Pisces. And she, he is sitting at about 20 degrees. So he's a little out of range for this particular, for impacting uh, this particular um, eclipse. But never underestimate Neptune, right? He is in retrograde and he brings us instinct and intuition in that retrograde. And so he may help strengthen our ability to know instinctually what it is that we need to do. And finally, on the eclipse, Chiron will be in a sextile to Saturn. And this is new ways for us to count ourselves into a self-sufficiency, to bring ourselves into self-reliance, self-sufficiency, seeing the interconnectedness of everything that's going on and how we impact one another in everything that we do, but even more in everything that we think, in every thought, in every action, in every word, we are impacting the whole. So it makes it even more important that we monitor who we are and what we're saying and what we're doing. So I know we're going a little overtime here, but there we have it. A very powerful time, a very powerful week, one filled with tons of opportunity, but likely also to show us lots of extremes. And we just have to be aware that's the way it is. All right. Now I'm going to um, draw us a card. I'm going to get us galactic cards today too. So two cards, I'm going to pull an animal card that's going to help get us through the week, set us up for uh, success through some of the extremes. Here was Buffalo. I liked it so much. I kept it up on top so I could see it again. So Buffalo was our Friday card talking to us about what constitutes prosperity and abundance. Not just about the money, is it? It's about how we feel. It's about how we share, how we exchange, how we give to one another and receive from one another. But for this week, what animal is going to give us a great model for what's going on? And I get groundhog spirit. <laughs> oh, two, and electric eel spirit. So groundhog and electric eel. So groundhog is card number 31, which is a four. And the message there says time to let go. Isn't that cute? Looks like a cute little card. And then Electric Eel says, bring your ideas to life. And he is card 24, which is a six. So Electric Eel and Groundhog. Let's see what that brings us. I'm going to do Groundhog first. And it says, endings lead to beginnings and death is a part of life. So Groundhog Spirit is here to let you know that it is time to accept the natural ending of something that is no longer serving you. Hmm, I love it. We love to hold on to what is familiar, but the new needs space to arrive so growth can occur. When Groundhog Spirit appears, it is a sign there is something in your present situation that you need to let go of so that something new can be born, something that will far better serve you now. When the groundhog sees his shadow, he retreats to his den. So too might you yearn for a little more time to say goodbye and transition into the new. However, change is coming and it is good. So let go of your resistance. Spring brings many blessings and what must die will always be reborn in a new form that will be right for you. Life requires change and detachment. Say farewell to whatever once served you and get ready for something amazing to take its place. Spirit is already sending it your way. Love it. And electric eel. I'm going to go backwards a little bit here. Seemingly out of nowhere. <laughs> Sounds very Uranus. Seemingly out of nowhere, the jolt of electric eel spirit appears to awaken you to a big idea that you are meant to explore. Epiphanies and aha moments are gifted to you right now. So celebrate. Your life has the potential for profound transformation. 
inspiration arises in you, electrifying you so that you can't wait to get started bringing your idea to life. The revelations you experience now are meant to set you on a new path. So do not be afraid to act, explore, examine, and do not fear the changes that may come. For spirit wants to shower you with love, success, and abundance that you hope to experience. Now is a thrilling time of epiphanies, inspired ideas, and innovation. This is wondrous sign for you today. This is a wondrous sign for all of us for the week. Woohoo. Okay. And a galactic heritage card. Just because I feel like interplanet Janet today. And let's see what that's going to bring. Uh, let's see. The new needs space indeed, Kathleen says. Recap of the degrees would be 27, give or take one or two. Would you say yes, JLo? Exactly. And what she's talking about is 27 degrees of Taurus and Scorpio for the eclipse. Um, and definitely, please take a moment to hit the thumbs up sign if you have enjoyed the video. Please share it with your friends and your social media. But also, if you haven't yet, please subscribe. I'm still hanging right around 700 something. Uh, and I need to get to a thousand. Um, okay, serious. We have assistance without interference. Interference, serious of the future. So we have the serious star system, card number 93, which is a 12, which is a three, highly creative energy embodied in assistance without interference. So let's look at 93. Okay. In the ancient days, Syrians learned a lot of lessons about helping without interfering. Some of these lessons were painful and difficult. Now that the Sirius energy has made its transition, it has integrated those lessons and offers loving assistance without interference. Examine who you wish to help in this life. Find ways to do so from a place of neutrality without interfering. This represents a karmic pattern from ancient days that you are now ready to release. But you first must be mindful of the difference between assistance and interference. This card is connected to energy from the Syrian era after they became an awakened species and transcended to a non-physical fifth density state. Before they transitioned as a young species, they had a lot of karma around the issue of interfering with the natural development of other species. It took many generations and much pain before they learned these lessons and successfully transitioned. Earth humans will also have to learn these lessons both on an individual level and as a species. One of the biggest challenges in becoming a mature species is to know how and when to help another in a way that does not interfere with the lessons that are needed to be learned. Um, uh, if this card came up in your reading, its meaning depends on your life circumstances and possibly the other cards in the spread. It may mean that you need to examine how you are helping someone and whether this help is truly in their best interest, or it may mean that you are accepting help from someone when it would be best for you to learn the lesson on your own. It could also refer to a hidden motivation for helping or being helped, such as a wish to change someone or to avoid looking at a deeper issue that you need to look at. Whatever the case, this card is asking you to examine this issue closely in your life and make whatever adjustments are necessary so that you do not create karma for yourself by confusing what assistance and interference really mean. Wow, those are pretty profound cards. And I hope you all have gotten a lot out of today's session. If you have questions, you know where to find me. And again, if you want to go get your seat for the webinar, you just go to my webpage, living hyphen astrology.com scroll down it's right there and you can purchase your seat it's only 25 dollars. if you were in the membership you do not need to buy your ticket it's a part of that membership so keep that in mind too all right christine says thanks great cards woohoo um we are gonna have a great day all right take care see you guys on friday bye for now